Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Three Year Plan Podcast. My name is Ben Shaw. Thank you, as always, for being here and for listening, and yeah, for for being being uh, interested in what I have to say. Often, I imagine you know there sometimes listening to this there are things that might not be as interesting as others, but I appreciate you sticking with it for this long as. As long as we are. I mean, this is, right now, we are currently in the penultimate episode of this podcast. That means after this, there's only one more. We'll have reached the end, the final podcast. Um, I'm trying to think if that freaks me out or if that's weird at all. I don't really know. To To be perfectly honest, it doesn't really kind of feel like anything right now. I imagine once it's passed and once it's like next Tuesday and then the following Tuesday when I don't record a podcast anymore, it'll just be weird. It'll be like, okay, well, I guess I don't do that on Tuesdays anymore. Uh, Something that's been such a part of my life over the past three years, you know, I, I don't know. It'll just be interesting not to have this weekly place to vent or to be accountable to something. But, you know, that's... Yeah, we have to move on at some point. I mean, this is the three-year plan. This is not the, you know, continuing plan of let's see if we can make it happen. But there's a defined beginning, middle, and end to this, which I like. I like that. I like that in a podcast. I like that in a television series. I like, you know, I, I find that as I that as I move through and, and see art that I like, I like knowing that there's an end in place that that we're going somewhere you know i, I don't like these i'm mean, i just don't find myself there i to be a fan of shows that like keep going on and on and on sometimes unless it's different some podcasts i listen to i love because they're just interview shows and they're always interesting they're always new you're always learning about somebody that you didn't know or whatever or you know they have these story podcasts that you know go on for a long time but they they end i i kind of like that so i Hope that you all appreciate that too. I don't. I don't know what I was going to say there, but I, I. I hope you all understand why I'm doing this as a just a three year plan. Why this is a limited thing. Why this has an end. I don't know if I've made that necessarily clear because I don't actually guess I know if I am clear why I decided on three years instead of five years or or whatever. Maybe I just thought uh, three years is good. It'll give me time to to do things and, and to move on from it. But I digress. So um, this, because it is the second to last episode and we had sort of a departure from our usual format last time, which last time we just talked about why do music and you know why create art and what is the, what is the point of doing all this. And then the week prior to that, I had talked to my wife, uh, Shelly, and that was a fun, awesome, intriguing interview for for me, I hope for you. And so this episode, because next week is going to be kind of weird and special in in its own way, because it being the last episode, I have things that I want to do on that. So I figured this episode, we would kind of do uh, something typical, sort of like the, you know, the regular way that this all goes, you know, just the, talking about things I worked on, talked about, talking about my week, what I wanted to work on, what I actually worked on, and what I want to continue doing beyond this. 
and kind of avoid the so you know beyond this first five minutes the overarching themes of this podcast or or these big kind of grandiose ideas get really into what made this podcast special for for me and I hope for you was that it was looking at the process of being a working musician you know guy having a job and working and and then making music and, and trying to make that his livelihood. So from now until the end of the podcast, we will continue on with that, just talking about what I did this past week and how I'm hoping to continue that good work, if it happened, into next week. So here are the deadlines that I had set up for myself last week. I wanted to prepare for gigs. I wanted to finish the B sections on the solo flute piece that I've been writing, work on Beneath It All, which is this you know dance project I've been working on, and practice. Ooh, the ever-eluding time to practice. So it was it was a pretty busy week, I will say, it, especially towards the end because I had a gigs on Thursday and Friday. So it was like that's why it was such a there was such a need to prepare for these gigs. But what ultimately ended up happening was you know, just things get in the way or I had a composition lesson that I had to do. So I really needed to focus on doing a lot of other things and, and working on different music. So it was, it was kind of a, a rush job on, on a lot of different things, but I think I got some stuff done. So let's just go through the week. So Monday, Monday was a great day. We had a, um, I will, uh, I guess you could call it a business dinner with some friends of Shelly's because she, she is an illustrator and artist as we've talked about last time. And she's, trying to collaborate on a new project with a friend of hers, uh, her boyfriend and, and Shelly are going to con- collaborate on the project. So, you know, I, they all wanted to get together and just talk about the project. And so it was decided that we would go to one of our favorite restaurants here in town, the wharf pub over on Bowen's wharf and, uh, just eat food, drink beer and kind of hang out and, and talk about this project. So mostly what I did was, eat tater tots, way too many tater tots, um, eat a hot dog, drink a beer, and just listen to them talk about creative stuff, which was great. It sounds like a really neat project. Um, as with all things, you know, just check out, you know, keep keep following Shell to see what she's up to. Keep following her art account, Shelly K. Shaw. Uh, that's E-Y-S-H-E-L-L-E-Y-K-Shaw. Dot, uh, at, well, dot com, too. Yeah, you can find her stuff there. So maybe you'll know more about it then. But so we had to do that. So it was, it, it was, it was a really fun time. It was just, you know, then trying to figure out when I could kind of do for different thing, you know, when I could get mu- some music in. So what I did is because my time was fairly limited, I ran through the set for Thursday because it was just a folk thing. So, and to be honest, I've been really bad at sort of practicing the folk music. You know, one of the things I'm looking to do now that I'm, I've sort of figured out. I figured out good stretches of things. Like I know that if I get an hour of piano practice in, that's that's a good amount of time to get in. I know that if I get an hour's worth of saxophone practice, same thing, good amount of time. I can do a lot in an hour. You know, I've I've sort of figured out that I can really pack a lot in because I'm I'm much better at being focused, at timing myself, at at moving on when I need to, and, and kind of accomplishing these things. And then, of course, working in writing and spending as much as time as I can on that. 
but the reality is then, you know, one of the things I want to do is because I think the folk thing, I, I not folk music, I should say singer-songwriter project, because it is, I, I'm trying to change the way I approach that term, because I think I need to change it to singer-songwriter, because there are certain things I want to do that don't necessarily fall into a folk categorization, categorization but I, I think I kind of straddle the line of being in folk music, but with also different harmonies and kind of more interesting things, where I don't want to just... I find singer-songwriter to be less limiting. You know, like Tom Waits, my, you know, the guy I obsess over, he, he, I would say, you know, has a lot of folk music. I would say that you could put him on a folk set and he'd be fine, but he has a lot of music that doesn't necessarily follow under fall under sort of the folk banner. That's why you kind of call him a singer-songwriter because it's it's just so different. It's it's beyond that. And you know, labels like Americana can be applied, sometimes country in certain instances. I mean, certain early stuff perhaps more so than later later things, but I feel that the term singer-songwriter so has such a wide breadth of meaning to it that I'd much rather my music fall under that. So that's why I try desperately to remind myself to call it singer-songwriter stuff. So that being said, I need to work on it much more, whether it's, you know, playing the piano parts of these songs, whether it's, you know, learning the guitar more, something that I desperately need to do because of the amount of time that I've been spending on guitar. You know, it's, you know, not only is it easier to carry around, but I find that a lot of these songs I can play easier on guitar. And there there are a lot of things I want to do on piano, obviously, being that I've been taking these piano lessons for so long and that I've been really working on it and writing music on piano and, and playing some of the singer-songwriter stuff on piano. But I you know, it, it, I'm still at a point where I'm not able to do it all in such an interesting way, whereas guitar, it's like there are certain parts of the songs that I know, and they kind of fit more. Now, playing guitar, I would say, makes it so I, I sit in a sort of, I sound more folky than I necessarily want to be later on, but for now, that is something I need to focus more on, and the singing and everything. Of course, when you do 12,000 things, you can't always focus on one thing, you know, within that. It's hard to give a lot of time to one thing, so you're always moving around. Hence the issue with time. But so on Monday, I, I had a little bit of time, so I ran through the set because I got to work out the kinks for that and kind of get used to that. I recorded a couple things because I'm trying uh, a new way of taking one song, playing one song, trying to. There's a song that I have called uh, Down the Stairs or Hammer. I don't know what I'm going to call it yet. It doesn't really have a good title. And I'm changing up the feel of it because I love the lyrics and I, I like what it could be, but it just hasn't yet fit. So, And then after that, I played a little bit of saxophone before we had to head out. And then when we get back, it's like, okay, well, I'm, I'm tired. I want to go to bed because I work all day and then I have to work up you know, I have to get up early for the next day. So Tuesday was a pretty busy night. I recorded the podcast. Felt really good about that episode, too, I must say. I feel like that went really well. It was pretty easy to record. Uh, and then after that, I practiced my new piano piece, which went pretty well. I ran through the set for Thursday. And then I worked on the solo flute piece for the rest of the time I had. Now, I didn't get much saxophone playing done, but, you know, I'd much rather have had spent 
all that more time on the flute piece. Now, I didn't get the entire B section done, but I got a lot done. Now, I I feel like on Wednesday when I was, was you know, because I had my composition on Wednesday, my composition lesson on Wednesday, I, I f- was feeling like I there was something that something was, you know, something wasn't kind of gelling well with the rest. Because as with these composition lessons and as with this type of composition, as we've talked about, what you want to do is you want to develop everything from the material that you have. So this piece being that it's A, B, A, B, A form, I and I've already done the A's, now I have to establish the B. Well, the B has to be separate from the A, obviously, in that it's different. So it's a new episode in, let's say, in this in the series. So it has to be different. But ultimately, it has to all connect. Because if you listen to great classical music, there are all these interesting connections to the source material. I mean, it could be something as easy as a couple of no- as you know, a couple of notes, or or a chord, some harmony, or it could be you know, a few bars, you know, a whole theme and everything. You know, sonata has these themes, and that comes back, and then there's development and recapitulation. But for this, you know, for stuff like this, it is all about like the small stems, the small stems of things, and how to bring it back and make it so the whole piece fits. You know, if you have a piece that goes da 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 da, you don't want it to all of a sudden you know triplets without any reason. You know, there you don't want to start all of a sudden going five over four and all this weirdness. It just wouldn't fit. It wouldn't unless you had built that in prior. There's just no. You need to give people context. You need to give people reason why you're doing things and. And you want it to be a cohesive piece. And this is down to anything. If you listen to just basic songs, I remember I was, there was a, I forget the tune I was listening to, but it was a John Prine song and I was listening to it. And I just noticed how, I mean, John Prine is an admitted, uh, admittedly is by him, his own, his own, by his own admission is what I'm trying to say. It's not the greatest singer or, you know, guitar player or whatever, but his, his songwriting stands the test of time because of how good it is, but he's always kind of coming back to these, these similar kind of motifs and, and he's not really, the melodies don't go anywhere. Uh, I wish I had a specific example that I was thinking of, but I, but I think if you decide to, if you try listening to music more now, um, wow, this would be really good with a specific example, but as has been the general, way with this podcast, I talk myself into a corner that I'm not prepared to fill out with uh, any sort of dressing or furniture. But try next time when, as you're listening to songs, to, to any song, any piece of music, and especially like, uh, you know, um, jazz, like for instance, Sonny Rollins is always thought of as one of these guys who's a master of motivic development. And you listen to his solos and you'll just listen for parts of the melody or listen to like rhythms that were presented in the melody. You know, if he has, if there's a song where it's a bebop head, you're not going to hear a lot where it's a lot of quick moving notes. You're not going to hear a lot of long tones, you know, after that, or sometimes it's, it's the melodic movement where the, you know, whether if the, 
if the melody rises, sometimes the rest of it will rise. I know I'm not doing a great way of explaining this, but I'm trying to do this all to say that the B sections that I was writing, I liked... I liked what they were as like new new pieces of music, but they didn't necessarily fit in with the rest of it. And that's a problem because in a solo piece like this, you know, you can't just keep constantly introducing new material. And that's with all music. You can't just constantly introduce new material every every three bars because then nobody knows what to gravitate to and what you re- what is really pleasing to people are hooks. You know, I mean, in modern music, sometimes these hooks are played over and over and over again ad nauseum, and it it just becomes, you know, relentless. But there's a reason for that. You know, that's, that's the most basic way of saying, like, here's material that you know that you like. Hear me play it again, or maybe here's me doing a slight variation on it. So brings cohesion to the piece and just it sounds better and people like it more so um i i was you know looking at it i was like okay how am i gonna fix it brought it to Allah. she's she liked it and gave me a few notes i mean she really had great suggestions though and she knew exactly what i was saying i was and she said the same thing new composers always have this problem where they we we like to not i mean not that i'm a new composer but new especially to this form like to just constantly introduce new, new motifs or new themes, new stuff, new uh, new stuff all the time. Whether you know it's it's new sections or notes that don't really make sense in the context of the piece, we always forget what previously came. So she she fixed it, and I'm working on it now, and we'll see where it goes. And I I was, you know, I, there were some things that I. I was hoping she'd keep, which I will be keeping. Um, but overall, I was I was okay just being like, okay, I, I definitely need to work on it because I knew that there were specific things I needed to do to improve it. So Thursday was a pretty busy day as well because I had a decent piano lesson going over my two sonatas. But after that, I had to run home briefly, grab my guitar, run to AS220 for the folk set. And my buddy Mark sat in on guitar, and I, I think it was a really great set. I... Um, one of the bands actually ended up dropping out, so I, it was okay for me to go a little bit over the set time, and I think we actually went exactly 35 minutes, which was what was originally slotted to us, but I was a little worried that we would go a little bit over just because, you know, sometimes you aren't looking at the clock when you're playing and you, you tend to go over or whatever, you just take sections too long or whatever it is, you you can easily go over your time, but I was able to fill it well. It was about seven songs I think we ended up playing. Let me see. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yes, most of the singer-songwriter stuff that I have written, we played. Um, I think we did a great job. It was just me on an acoustic guitar and singing, and then Mark came on on electric guitar for about three of the songs. People really seemed to dig it. Uh, there was a lot of good response to it. I I think I said it before. I really have been enjoying the singer-songwriter stuff. I think this is an outlet that I've wanted to get to for some time. And I feel like over the past few months especially, and hopefully 
continuing on and knowing that I need to work on my guitar and my singing and, and all that stuff and, and write more songs, I'm feeling like I'm finding my voice in, in a good way to sort of approach this project that is uniquely me. And same thing with the composition stuff. I feel like I'm finding a good voice. Uh, same thing with jazz. Like the amount of work you put in with music, it's it's hard to find your own kind of unique take on things. But the only way that you really do that is you just have to keep sort of experimenting with stuff and saying like, okay, well, I don't think that worked or I don't like how that turns out or whatever. You just have to keep trying and really playing a lot of shit. To be honest, it's like you have to do some stupid sounding stuff in order to sound much better and in order to improve. So I, I was really... I was really pleased with how the scent went. Now, as I think about it, I should have grabbed a recording because I'm pretty sure they recorded it at A Studio Line. But maybe next time I'm there, I can pick one up. I, I don't know. I just, like I said, I, I feel really good about it. The only thing I wish is that I wish I was better at guitar so that I could do more things when it comes to just playing these songs in a solo environment. But at the same time, going back to the John Prine analogy, I was listening to an interview on a podcast called The Working Songwriter. It was with this uh, guy, John Paul White. He was in the Civil Wars, and he was just talking about, I don't necessarily know his music or know the Civil Wars music all that much. I know like maybe one or two songs, but I, I was just listening to him talk, and he was saying that that's speaking of John Prine, as I was earlier, that's one thing he really liked about him was that his guitar playing was no frills, but it really didn't hide, it doesn't hide the song behind interesting guitar work. And I love very complex, very complicated, virtuosic playing. Uh, we've talked about the Punch Brothers before, um, or, you know, something that's as crazy as like Kendrick Lamar's To Pimp a Butterfly, for instance, or uh, you know, just a, a huge, uh, just an assortment of albums, you know, all the Gil Evans, Miles Davis stuff, or, you know, what anything, you know, I mean, that's more jazz composition, like really arranged stuff, but you talk about the really overproduced things, like I'm a big fan of Phil Collins and Genesis, as I think we've talked about, but those songs work as songs, you know, if you just play them, on guitar or something, a lot of that stuff would just work as a good song. I mean, the Kendrick Lamar stuff that I mentioned is just, it's so, it needs all that production because that's what makes it interesting, but at the same time, you could take down a song like just off of that album, All Right, you know, you could take that song and play it as is, you know, just have him with the DJ doing the lyrics or just the beat, you know, you, there are basic things. Sometimes with hip-hop, it can be a little bit harder because it's such such about the production and the recording and everything. But a lot of that, a lot of stuff that you listen to or, you know, I, I, I mean, I'm just, I'm kind of looking at my stack of CDs, seeing if I can pull up anything. But really, and I think we've talked about this before, one of my first, I, I, it comes all, it all comes back to one thing I learned on one of my first composition lessons ever with, uh, a teacher, uh, Joe Perillo, my first real composition lesson teacher. And he told me that, you know, it doesn't matter all the crazy fluff that you do, all the, all the insane figurations or whatever. 
if you just play the chords and play the melody and it works, that that right there, if the melody and harmony line up, that's how you know you have something good. And that's kind of what I've gone on for the 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 entire time that I've been you know making music. It's like okay, focus on just good good melodies, especially because I come from a melodic instrument world. Good melodies, and then pair those up with good harmonies, and or the other way, find good harmonies and pair them up with, and we write this both at the same time. But that's the important set. Uh, that's the important thing to remember when writing songs and and I feel like even though I'm not the greatest guitar player I feel like a lot of the songs that we do are good enough and are good songs enough to you know to kind of get past that you don't need any frills because you just the song the melody the lyrics they all work and I, the only way I got there is from writing a lot of bad songs and continuing to write bad songs because there's a lot of songs that you know will never get played because either they I just can't finish them or you know I have finished them or they just aren't good or they're not really representative of anything that I'm trying to go for. These are all reasons why you don't play something, but yeah, that's the reality of it. You just got to keep going and focus on the bare bones of it and make sure that it is good at its core. And once it gets there, then you can start adding all the interesting stuff. Now, the thing with that is production is always my downfall. I, I can write the song and then it's like, okay, trying to figure out how to orchestrate it is a little bit difficult. That's why a band like the Punch Brothers who write these great songs but also know how to go insane places with them musically and with their instruments it's just it's fantastic it's fun i i so long to be able to do stuff like that but of course being limited on guitar and piano i can't necessarily just whip out these crazy i can't play these crazy things that they do but someday hey something to practice so then friday after work i had to run out immediately and just and just ran up to Waltham, Massachusetts to play a fun jazz wallpaper gig, as I like to call it, uh, with my buddies Mark and Ryan. It was, it was a really loose gig, but it was really fun. We were playing for this neat nonprofit farm group that kind of grows food for the local community and you know works with kids programs. And so we got paid, we got fed, and we got free beer. So you can't, you can't beat that. And, and the music, I think, came out really well. I think we did a great job. It was very loose. You know, we, there were a couple times where we would just pick random tunes out of the real book and say, like, hey, let's try this. And they would not immediately work, and we would kind of stumble through them. We'd stop after the melody and go, okay, let's try the next song. Because honestly, in a, a wallpaper gig like that, no one really listens to you. And that's the kind of gig where they were pretty cool with whatever we wanted to do. I mean, it was a tenor saxophone player with a sock in the bell so that it doesn't, you know, it's not too loud, a guy on guitar, and then a vibraphone. It's, you know, they were well-tuned for quirky and loose to begin with. And I think we played a really good couple of sets of music. People seemed to really enjoy it. And we had fun. And that's what matters. And I think we played some really good stuff. We had some really good moments. And that's, that's what really matters. And you know what? 
I found that those gigs are just I just I'm there to have fun with friends and make good music, and that's what I'm there to do at those things. Yeah, I I, I mean I really enjoy making the money. I really enjoy eating the free food, and I like you know playing doing all that. But it's really about just playing music with buddies. So then that was the week, and then the weekend was pretty much. I have to be honest. There was not a lot of music happened over the weekend because. On Saturday, I took the basically the entire day to work on uh, these outside gardens that I've been meaning to plant. As we've discussed before, I am a, part of my job is that I am a I'm a gardener, you know, semi horticulturist, landscaper, mower, ex groundskeeper, whatever you want to call it. But so I've been growing vegetables. Uh, from seed over the past couple months, and I have them all ready to go. And I, I was going to in our backyard. I was going to create these four plots and and put in the vegetables. But I had just been dragging ass on it for so long. So finally, I just said, okay, it's got to be Saturday. So I spent all day just getting them ready, just getting stuff planted, and just getting it in. And now, hopefully, we'll we'll see if they survive. I, my my peas don't look so good, but my sweet peppers and my eggplant look pretty great. Um, my, uh, what else? And, and like I said, this is all from seed. I got tomatoes from another guy at work who was growing them, but my basil looks great. My cilantro looks pretty good. My thyme looks good. Brussels sprouts look good. Um, and my kale's looking pretty good, but now it's like, okay, this is a whole different ballpark for me because I've done it in containers before, but now I'm trying it in ground gardens and I don't have great soil. I got it tested from, uh, URI and then they didn't tell me enough. And then I, they weren't prepared to tell me all I needed to know. So I went to UMass. I think we've talked about this UMass, uh, the university of Massachusetts and they, tested my soil, gave me good recommendations. I'm trying. You know, I mean, you know, gardening and stuff like this is not really like music. It's it's kind of, it is really, you, you sort of relinquish all control to a degree. I mean, there's things that you can't control. I know when I need to put fertilizer in or when I need to water. You know, I, I control those things, but it's like pests or nef- no, the weather or whether or not they decide to grow, or whether something happens to them along the way, they get blight, whatever. There are a lot of things that can go wrong with these plants. So at this point, I'm just kind of hoping that we get something. Because I've grown, tom- I grew tomato plants last year, and it was it was awesome. You've never had better tomatoes than the stuff you get from, you know, that you grow yourself, honestly. I mean, if you can do it, you know, there is a learning curve, and there is an expense to it because, you know, you got to get the pots and everything. I have the fortune of being surrounded by equipment and, you know, stuff. But the reality was I was trying to do this all with power tools. To be honest, it's like I thought, like, oh, uh, we get a rototiller from work. We'll, you know, or maybe the sod cut or whatever. But what I ended up doing is because I don't know a lot, I ended up backing myself into a corner where I just could not actually use the power equipment, so I had to actually do it all by hand, which is a pain in the ass, but really not as hard as I thought because it's all work that I've done before. Just now it's like, okay, I'm doing this because I want to, not because this is what I'm 
I do for, you know, during the day, you know, this is not my job and I'm being told that like, Hey, this needs to get done today. And this is like my own thing. So I had to get the, the forks out. I had to turn the soil. I had to rake the soil. I had to, you know, edge it and all that stuff. But you know what? It was very rewarding. One of the things that kind of improvising or practicing music doesn't necessarily get you is that the the ability to see at the end of it like okay I made something whereas this whereas like gardening and you know I know that I did this at the end of the day I was sweating and I had plants in the ground in soil that I had just worked you know it, there's something very gratifying about it and that's why I always tell people you know that you know I love playing music and I love and I've dedicated my life to the pursuit of music, whether or not I get to do that professionally is something we'll have to see down the road. But I, I always love having something else that I do that is defined in like a physical way, you know, that it's there. I can manifest something into the world, like uh, growing a plant from seed or, you know, building a shelf or something that there's something so much so satisfying from doing that from even just mowing a lawn, knowing that at the end of it, it's like that piece of land is that grass is shorter than it was at the beginning. You know, you get that with composition, but then at the end of it, it's just like, okay, well, I've, I've made all these notes. Will they sound good? And then you got to get somebody to play them. The only thing that's really similar that I have really right now to the whole thing where it's like, I have a product that is on paper, has ink, and now has been recorded in in a way, in, in, in its completion, is the string quartet. You know, soon, hopefully, I'll get the piano preludes recorded, but that's, like, another thing that people can now take. And I think that's part of why I like composition so much is that it's so final. There's so... You've worked it out, and now you have this thing at the end, and that's really cool. Um, that, but But to be honest, it's... You know, I don't know how it's going to turn out. I'm hoping that I get some some good. I mean, I can. I know the basil, like the herbs and stuff, I can instantly use right now. I know that much. But you know, like the kale and the Brussels sprouts and all that stuff. I mean, that that's gonna take some time. So we'll see. I'm hoping. Here's hoping for success. But uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how that's going to work out. But the rest of the weekend was pretty much lo- not low key. We were running around a lot, so we couldn't necessarily do. I couldn't necessarily get to any music. But sometimes that happens. That's that's one thing I've learned over these 149 episodes. Is that sometimes life just happens, and you have to deal with it. You have to move on and kind of continue working on other stuff. So, with that in mind, that's what I'm gonna do right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna end this episode right where we are right now having gone over the week and uh, return to, you know, get back to grinding it out. So that's about it for this week. Thank you as always for listening. Honestly, I mean, it's, it's a joy uh, to, to, you know, do all this, you know, to have these, long discussions every week for me you know it really helps me get a lot of this stuff out and think about what I want to do next and plan and and again keep myself accountable 
and and moving on certain stuff. I don't know necessarily if I would have been able to accomplish what I've been able to accomplish over the last three years if it were not for this. So thank you. As I, I can't honestly say it enough. Thank you for if whoever's out there listening. If you like this uh, and if you keep listening, I, I really appreciate it. I do. Uh, so deadlines for next week, things I want to work on. I want to work on the uh, I'm going to finish that solo flute piece. I got to do that. I've got basically everything. Yesterday, I just kind of marked out all the rhythms. So now I just have to fill in pitches and then do the second piece section, which won't be so hard. And yeah, just kind of knock it out so I can keep moving on, keep going, uh, work on Beneath It All, need to practice, need to write some songs eventually. And I'm going to work on a... a I don't know a better term for it, so I guess a vision plan is what they are commonly referred to as, but I'm going to research what the hell that all is, how to maybe go about that, so that next week we can talk about what my plan is, because next week is the last episode of this podcast ever. Well, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll change my mind, I won't. It'll be the last podcast next week, and I'd like to just talk about what we're doing from now on, where what what the next move is and and all the different things i mean i have so much stuff already planned or so many gigs already on the calendar that we won't get to talk about but i need to plan for those and and what do i want to do where do i want to go with music and how do i want to keep working so uh, that's what we'll do next week and speaking of gigs july 8th i'll be at the grange that's in providence july 12th i'll be at the newport playhouse here in newport august 3rd i'll be at poor judgment in newport august 4th i'll be at askew in providence august 17th i'll be at the common pub in bristol september 15th i'll be at radio bean in burlington vermont october 13th i'll be at as220 in providence and december 7th i'll be at as220 in providence right now that's all i have hoping to get more hoping uh, to book a few more but You'll know all about that if you visit me. If you uh, if you want to know more about the music, the my my other stuff or the podcast, anything bio, whatever it is, please visit me at ahuashaw.tumblr.com or visit me on Instagram at ahuashaw. Other than that, thank you so much for listening. Have a great week and keep working hard, everyone. <laughs>